This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. Welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast. I'm Tosh. And I'm Jenna. And this week we are thrilled to have another returning guest with us. If you were listening and watching last season, you might remember Bonnie from joining us. Bonnie is here again by herself this time. Last time you were here with your cousin Katie. Yeah, kind of a little <laughs> well, you've got the two of us and the dog. <laughs> right. Yes. 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 Yeah, and the podcast dog. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We have a mascot now. <laughs> the name is Paisley. So the P works. I, I'm totally okay with yeah. your dog's name. That's true. I'm very proud. Well, yeah. I did it for this reason. I, and this reason I know you only. did. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we invited Bonnie to talk about breastfeeding. Um, and maybe not in the way that you might expect. That's true, actually. Last time Bonnie was on, we found out that you do some amazing things with your breast milk. Yes. <laughs> I, well, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I was an overproducer for all three of my children and um, had a lot of milk to spare. And I, I actually, I exclusively pumped, which means that I didn't, I didn't nurse. I would pump and feed. Um, so, yes, I had tons and tons of milk, and apparently there's lots of things you can do with that milk. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just throwing it out, which a lot of people, I think, would do, right? They, yeah. yeah. What am I going to do with this now? Right. So, or, you yeah. know, make jewelry, and there's other, you know, there are things that people do with milk, but what you did was donate it. Yes. So, tell us a little bit about that whole process and what what you were doing. For sure. So there's a few different things you can do. Um, for my first child, I didn't know about donation at all. Um, so I basically I stocked my freezer full and then pumped until I was done. And then she had that and then also frozen milk. And then for my second baby, I started learning more about this. And I knew that there was um, this organization out west that would collect breast milk and then they would pasteurize it and it would be available for NICU babies. Um, but we didn't have any depots in Moncton and so I just thought that that wasn't an option. But I sort of kind of started looking into other things and there's actually um, like breast milk sharing groups and stuff. So if you go on Facebook, there's a couple groups where you can find where people will go out and go on and say, that they have milk available and then they'll kind of be paired with donor families and things like that. So I did that with my second child and I found um, a family in Nova Scotia that was in need of donor milk and so I just kept shipping them milk and did that for close to a year um, and ended up donating over 100 liters to them. (laughs) Oh my goodness. uh, Yes and then so this time around when I was starting the donor process again because I was I had a big oversupply um, I was talking to um, one of the lactation consultants at the hospital, and they actually gave me the information about the organization at West, which is called Northern Star Mother's Milk Bank. Um, so they were telling me about it, and I said, yes, I know about it, but I, I know we don't have any depots. And they're like, actually, they have it set up that you can ship out there, and then they'll deal with They cover all the costs of shipping. Wow. Basically, the shipper comes and picks up everything at your place, and then off it goes. And so I was like, well, that's fantastic. Um, so I contacted them and there is kind of like a lengthy intake process in where you have to fill out a big questionnaire. They ask a lot about you because they do need to know that you're cleared for, um, various diseases, uh, no drugs and alcohol, stuff like that. They need to know what medications you're on, if you're on any. And so there is kind of 
inclusion exclusion type stuff um, you have to have uh, a workup um, done by your doctor or you have to have blood tests that you'll submit to them as well um, but anyway so if you're willing to do all of that mm -hmm. it's for a really fantastic cause um, yeah so they uh, they'll take all of that and eventually if you're okay to donate you can start shipping out west there's there's some work involved because when you um, <laughs> collect and uh, do everything you have to um, write down your donor number you have to you have to collect everything in a really sterilized um, certain manner because they have to make sure that everything is okay um, you know they're you're you're working with a really sensitive population when you're, you know, donating to NICU babies. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, so you have to be really careful with that, but then they take it all and they pasteurize it and, uh, and they get shipped off to hospitals where it's used for uh, babies in need. Wow. So it's very cool. What an incredible thing, eh? It's absolutely mind-boggling to me that we have that system in place now yeah. that this can happen because I, I mean, I've been that parent in the mm -hmm. NICU and I was lucky that I was also an overproducer, which I didn't really know was a word. Yeah. <laughs> I was just that mom that the nurses laughed at because I would come in with bags of milk from home. Wow. Um, and I always just attributed to the fact that I'd barely finished breastfeeding our daughter when our boys were born. So I just like, I never really, I, it didn't really kind of slow down a whole lot production wise. Um, and so I knew that we were very lucky because I knew a lot of people who couldn't Yep. breastfeed and who couldn't you know especially when your babies are born early your body hasn't finished going through all the cycles that it's supposed to go through it, it it's a big stressor mm -hmm. and to think that it, there's a system out there that looks at pasteurization and delivery and all of that is just absolutely there's incredible so more information available now knowing that like um uh, babies that are born early are they they just respond so much better to breast milk um they don't have uh their systems are developed enough that uh, you know things with like formula are harder on them so breast milk is just that much easier for them to digest and you know it's it's all you know a lot better for them if, if it's available and if they can have it well and and a little bit goes such a long True. way right like I oh, think it drops and yet those drops are like that's all they need liquid gold so, right oh, yeah 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 so how did you decide um, first off, how much, do you know what I mean? Like you need to know how much to have for your own children, for sure. but did they have like a, to be a donor, do you have to provide a certain amount per month kind Not of thing? If you're shipping, um, they require that it's a five liter minimum to ship just because of how, you know, it's worth it for the shipper to come and stuff. Um, but when there's depots, like I think there's a depot in Halifax. I think there's also one in St. John. Oh wow. So if that's the case, you can just drop off whatever you want at your right. convenience and they'll take whatever. Um, but just if, if for shipping, they do require five liter minimum. Um, I used to ship like 20 liters at a time. <laughs> you really were an overproducer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And for me, basically what I would do is, so I knew how much my baby was eating and so I would kind of get their bottles ready for the day. And then um, by the time I started donating, I just made sure that I had like a whole like I have deep freezers, so, so I would <laughs> milk freezers. I would milk yeah. So I'd be like, "This is for when I'm done." Um, yeah. And then anything extra off of that was getting shipped out or donated. So I think in the end, I, sh I donated about 80 liters to the milk bank, and then, um, but in total, because I had like local donors and stuff on mm -hmm. the go as well, but the same thing was about 125. So over like my 
two with my two children, my two pregnancies, last two pregnancies, it was about 250 liters in total that I don't. Oh have. my gosh. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to even visualize yeah. like 250 liters. That's a massive amount of liquid. Yes, <laughs> a massive amount. <laughs> And then when you are shipping it, uh, does it go frozen or? Yes. Okay. So actually, because um, I was trying to figure out like what, am, what kind of containers I'm going to ship in. And like when you buy the insulated containers, they can actually be quite expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, one of uh, the employees at the milk bank, she's like, well, you know, sometimes people from Odie's actually buy lobster, insulated lobster containers <laughs> and ship them. And I was like, well, I'm from Shediac, yeah. the lobster Canada of the world. So. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so you go down there and you can buy a lobster container for like 10 bucks and it holds uh, a lot of milk. A lot of milk. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So then, on top of that, um, if you are producing all this milk and shipping all of this milk, and then you've also got your local mm-hmm. donors, because I remember with freezing the milk that like you cannot refreeze it once it's thawed. Yes. Baby must drink That's the milk, right? right? So four hours or something. Like okay, that. so yes. you need to make sure that that lobster container stays frozen, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> the same thing. They they you can buy ice packs if it's jam-packed really tight and then everything's like sealed and right then if any if you have any space you just kind of put like like ice packs um i would buy the ones where you'd like soak in water freeze them and then they can go in okay i'm um, like disposable type ones yeah and uh yeah and then you just have it all sealed really so like there was there i would ship it out and, and the employees would laugh they'd be like we'd never seen such an uh, <laughs> a container like tetris yeah <laughs> And, she, and, and she's always said everything came just like just and, and, they, and yeah. they ship it priority overnight. Of so course, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was yeah, that was my thought. Like you know the you know it's obviously going to get on a plane and go yes. right over. But yeah, sometimes things thaw and then that's yeah. No, you you got to cry like, over that because oh, well, that's you it. spill breast milk and look yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> matter, like even as an overproducer and having tons of it, when like if I saw like drops spill, I'd be like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or if the baby doesn't finish the bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't you understand? Yeah, this, is, this is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of that work, like I can like remember, I I felt like a cow, right? I had like like the double strap, you know, one going yeah. on, and I can't imagine if you exclusively pumped. <laughs> That, like, your husband must be a wonderful human to keep three children entertained while yes. you're pumping. Well, then you just kind of get into the system yeah. of, you know, same thing. So, like, I would have all my pump stuff in the family room and the kids would be playing yeah. and be sitting there pumping. Yeah. 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 That <laughs> noise. Yeah. Yep. Gotta go pump. And yeah. Like, yeah. And, Mommy, is it time to pump? Sure is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was fortunate because as an overproducer, I could cut down on pumps really early on I think earlier on than most people so by you know a couple months postpartum I could only had to pump four times a day wow now a lot of times I would have to pump for 45 minutes or an hour because there is a larger quantity right to pump off but it, at least it wasn't as much as I think like most people have to pump every two to three hours around the clock yeah and for sure so I could get off of that pretty quickly waking up in the night to pump and yeah, yeah. so I definitely I would do that right at the beginning but um I could away from that pretty well in the beginning you're up with your baby anyway exactly. so mm-hmm. yeah. I try to it, I kind of always just kind of follow my babies yeah until yeah well and that's when you would be getting the best milk anyway right like mm-hmm. your body knows what the baby wants so yes. yeah exactly awesome awesome yeah <laughs> did you have to do a lot of that kind of inventory you know did you did you take a lot of notes as to like on the milk bags like when it was 
like did that factor in in terms yeah. of what you sent away? So definitely, I um, there when you ship milk away, you had to freeze it within an, a day of pumping it, so it had to be frozen within twenty four hours of pumping. Whereas with the, my own kids' milk, I could freeze two to three days after pumping it, and it wouldn't really matter. Um, so anything that I knew that I was storing and shipping for them, I would make sure it was done within 24 hours. I would have to label all the bags, um, yeah, the date, the my donor number, um, time pump, things like that. So um, and then I would just kind of keep it like in a separate area of the freezer until I had enough of it to ship out. So. Yeah. And did they factor in like how far postpartum you were when you were pumping? Yes, in actually. terms of so they actually won't um, allow you to donate after a year postpartum. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I started probably when the baby was about a month old that I was able to have enough to store in my freezer and then start shipping, and uh, and then had to finish it a year. Okay. And why is that? Um, they say it has something to do with the macro and micronutrients um, that just start changing as... At a year, your baby doesn't need as much. Well, and the... it's, it would be different for the composition of like uh, pre- premature babies, True. right? Yes. So your baby requires something different than a preemie, and, and maybe at that point it's just too different. Okay. Right. Yeah, sense. you could yeah. be donating to a one-year-old at that point maybe, yes, but not. Exactly. it wouldn't so be I the same for right. the population. Donations, yeah. yeah. So speaking of your local donations... Do you know the people, like the one in Nova Scotia, have they kept you updated on the baby you were donating to, things like that? When I was donating, they did, and we kept in touch for a little bit after, but now that's been a few years, so yeah. I haven't heard from her for a while. Um, a few others have been friends and stuff, so I know, uh, you know, I keep in touch with them because I'm friends with them. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I keep them often. Um, and then other people just uh, also knowing um what I do. So one was like a family friend's granddaughter that I was donating to. So I kind of see her on Facebook and stuff. And yeah, so it's, it's cool. I, I do enjoy kind of. Yeah, yeah. you would. Yes. Exa- like it's like you're an organ donor in a way, mm-hmm. right? Well, so you're happy to see what see you've them. done yeah. grow. I, I love yeah. That. Well, even so we went to Florida um, this past spring. And so I was pumping then and I knew that I would have um, oversupply when I was there. And same thing. I didn't want to be throwing it down the drain. Um, I wasn't going to be freezing it and bringing it back yeah. home with me. Yeah. So, I uh, so one of the Facebook groups that you can go on. There's um, eats eats on feeds is one, and then human milk for human babies is another one. And they all have different like chapters in different okay. in different areas worldwide. Um, so before I was using like our New Brunswick chapter and the Nova Scotia chapter, and so there was obviously this Florida, the Orlando, Florida chapter that I used, and so I went on there and said like. I'm going to be in Florida. I'm not going to be freezing, but if someone wants to come for like regular pickups, I'll send them home with fresh milk and they can freeze or get, you know, get to the baby, do whatever they want. And so I uh, met up with a woman there and I donated to her the entire time and I just adored her. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you just, you make really, yeah, you, you form really nice bonds with these people. Um, it was my daughter's birthday when I was there. Uh, she brought her a birthday present and a birthday. It was like the, you know, it just makes you feel so good that you know you're you're doing this these people appreciate it yeah like, you know and so it was it was pretty awesome and uh you know and so i have her on facebook i keep in touch with her i yeah. love seeing her baby grow he's just beautiful yeah, yeah. So it's really cool well and that's the thing these people uh they need to form a bond with you because they're this trusting is, you exactly yeah trust that you know for sure that you know you have to know that you're getting good milk that these people are taking care of themselves that they're donating that they're doing the right thing when they're storing and mm-hmm. and and you know can, yeah keeping their milk so yeah for sure it goes both ways right yeah absolutely so if 
is this something that you end up talking to people a lot about now? Like, is it becoming more common knowledge, certainly around your circle, I would imagine? It's but starting to, yes, definitely around my circle. They, they, they know everyone knows. And <laughs> now everyone knows because exactly. we're telling them. <laughs> Even like I would, I would kind of post on Facebook a little bit, like when I would ship out a donation, and a part of me was like feeling sort of weird about it because it's like you know when you're when you're donating or doing something, like I I I just I'm doing it because I want to and it feels nice and not necessarily because I want you want the attention, right, 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 right. right. It's one of those things that people don't know a lot about it. They don't know that they can do this. They don't know it's an option, and it's wonderful if you have extra breast milk you can really help somebody you can really help a family that needs it and so I kind of did it for that idea is that like if people don't know that these resources are available or that these organizations exist that you know they can reach out and ask questions and you know figure out how to do it and I did I had some private messages like oh my friend has this extra milk they want to donate or they're starting to do this like so I kind of you know point them in the right direction yeah Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. And we obviously need someone in the Moncton area to be an advocate for it, right? Um, because if they have a, a drop-off in St. John and one in Halifax, then we should definitely have one, too. It would be really great. Yeah. I think it, yeah. And I think they were in we the discussion. We have two hospitals. Yeah, right? I think it, right? We could, we could probably make yeah. this happen. Yeah, we got two birthing <laughs> units. So I think, yeah. I think it's in the works, but I don't know, like, how... Maybe what like they've got to go if through it, like yeah. discussing or yeah. if, they, if they're really actively making it happen. But right. you know, I think that's hopefully, you know, on the radar. That would be amazing. <laughs> but the, then it's the like having the ability to pasteurize it if they need to pasteurize it. I still and think I, everything gets collected and shipped out okay, west. Say, it just okay. makes it that you're taking You don't have to do the shipping. shipping. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I think there's only a few places in Canada that are set up. To do the pasteurization. Right. I, I think there's a setup in Toronto now as well. Okay. Right yes. Yeah. Yes. I think when we spoke with Dr. Rebecca. Okay. I yeah. believe. Yes. She talked about one in Toronto. Okay. I'll have to look that up for yeah. I'll put it in the notes. I'll put it in the notes, We'll, guys. Fu- we'll find out yes. full information on that. But yeah. either way, it's a fabulous thing. And I know a lot of us didn't I definitely didn't overproduce but I had enough because I had chunky monkey babies but <laughs> but I couldn't have had enough to to donate for sure but there are a lot of women that maybe don't even realize that they have enough mm-hmm. to donate for sure well and a lot of people don't respond to the pump very well so even if mm. you have lots when you're nursing and your babies are thriving and doing great um it's it's definitely a different like when you hook a pump up some of them just get drops because they just don't respond to the pump well at all and um and then some of us yeah we're yes well, we were born to be cows whoosh whoosh noise just yeah. sets everything off yeah you know I can hear it in my head yeah. right now <laughs> I'm like it's been what I six had, years yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my donor families lovingly call me bovine bonnie yeah. oh, <laughs> oh that's good uh, uh, I take that as a compliment yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah. a good thing it's a good but thing. it's true like I had no idea that it was even a thing that you could do exactly eight years ago when I maybe would have been a good candidate for it. And I remember, so yeah, eight years ago with our first daughter, yeah, I had lots and I did a fair amount of pumping. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when our boys were born, that was the first time I really heard about someone else looking for breast milk. They Mm -hmm. were looking for a donor Mm -hmm. because they weren't producing enough. And I was like, this is even a thing? Yeah. And then, like, not only is it a thing that people donate, but, like, yes, there are processes in place, and you can do this very safely. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I had no idea, and that was only six years ago. And I would like to think I'm a fairly knowledgeable person about some things. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's kind of your job to know about things like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
but I think it, that's how much it's changed just in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Well, so my first child is five now, and like I said, wasn't even on my radar, didn't know it exist, and then I had our second a year and a half later, and that's when I started to learn about it and was able to donate it. And, and like you said, you know, five years have gone by, and like it's finally, I think, picking up, and people are learning a lot more. And like, it's, and the lactation consultant was actually the one who gave me like, oh no, you can ship. Here's your pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your card. Yes. Take we'll help others. Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> don't waste it. Please exactly, don't yeah. waste it. Please don't waste it. So can you tell us a little bit more about that, Presley? If someone's listening now and is like, hey, hey, I- I'm producing lots. Maybe I can do this. Or someone who's pregnant who, you know, ends up in that situation. Yeah, for sure. What are some of the steps they should go through? So um, if they would like to, you know, potentially ship out west and um, work with the, the milk bag out west, um, it's Northern Star Mother's Milk Bake. You just can search it online and they have a website. And then on the website, um, you just contact them. They're gonna set up an interview to give you a call and you'll do your kind of intake interview. And then if anything, everything goes okay there, they'll start sending you forms. So you gotta fill out all your forms. And um, like I said, you'll have, uh, you go to your doctor, you'll have your blood work and stuff like that. And then if everything clears that, um, then they'll talk you through the process about how you donate and you know how you store and things like that. Um, if that doesn't interest you, uh, then like I said, local donations are an option. And then there's the Facebook groups. Um, there's uh, Human Milk for Human Babies. Uh, again, you just uh, search it on Facebook. You find your local, you know, so uh, New Brunswick is the I was going to say, it, it's a group for all of New Brunswick yes, for that one? yeah. And, um, and even, so uh, what I also learned was that um, you don't even have to have a donor like right in your own city. Obviously that's the easiest. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I found somebody in Nova Scotia and I would just ship it on the bus. So I would go and grab those big cooler bags from Costco. At that time I didn't know about the (laughs) The lobster. lobster. (laughs) (laughs) Now obviously that's what I would use. Yeah. You know, the cooler bags from Costco were bucks or something and I would stuff it full of milk and I'd go down to the bus station and ship it collect and it would be there a few hours later and she'd pick it up and so everything was done and uh, and normally so uh you know obviously when you donate there's you know you're you're not getting any money or anything like that but typically people will um you know buy you milk bags or buy you right. so your supplies, yeah. supplies mm-hmm. exactly because you know those are also expensive they, yeah right? for sure they, it adds yeah. up really fast um so uh everything from the milk bank is covered so they do reimburse you for shipping they reimburse you for your milk bags um they, uh, if the if you have to buy like frozen packs things like that so any any okay. expenses that you have you know while donating Perfect. they cover um, and like I said and often your donor families will kind of do the same as okay well. yeah we we have to wrap up but I have one question um, for moms that are about to have babies and this is a big question what's your favorite kind of pump because <laughs> <laughs> there's some good ah, ones out there, there and some are. not so good ones I yeah. um, use the Medela freestyle that's one what I had because to. it's yeah. a portable one yeah. and when your hands like, free exactly yeah. <laughs> when you're actually pumping um, you have to you pump everywhere so you yeah pump it, yep. you pump at parties you pump <laughs> <laughs> so, so one that can just kind of go with me and I yeah. can do that so I was set up well with that um, I know a lot of people in the US like Spectra they can, they can get it very easily there we, okay. we don't have access I don't think is easily in Canada okay but, yeah no Medela freestyle that was my go-to okay <laughs> yeah you heard it here first yeah <laughs> awesome thank you for coming thank you so much Bonnie this has been fascinating yeah and if you have a fourth child then <laughs> pick this girl up yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs>
That's it for today's Pickle Planet podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. And don't forget to give us a review if you'd like to, wherever you're listening to this podcast.